episode 63 of the Cherokee Rewind. We thank you so much for tuning in. I am Mick, and the guy that I'm uh, is joining me this time around is a guy who, well, he played a he was a defenseman uh, way back when, and uh, trying to remember your jersey number, it's J.C. Gulch, and of course, uh, J.C., when did you play in Toledo? I played in Toledo for my junior and senior year, and I graduated high school in 2007, so let's see, it would have been... 05-06 and 06-07? Correct. Okay. Now, uh, I usually try to remember your jersey number. Basically, I guess. But if I'm, um, let's see here. Was it number five? Or was that Cell? No, that was Ryan Cell. It, it didn't have a five in it. Um, I, I was 15. Oh, okay. And I, I, my jersey changed so much going through juniors and college that it. It could have been eight or it was 15, but I'm almost positive when I played with the Cherokees that it was number 15. Yeah, because you weren't you were a number eight. I know that. Um, so, okay, 15 it is. Um, so, JC, let's uh, – you were a local guy originally, um, were you not? You were uh, you were from around – you were from Toledo? Yes, born and raised in Toledo. Uh, when I played for the Cherokees, I was actually living uh, right up in Bedford. Okay. Now, um, tell me how you got your start uh, playing hockey. I mean, how old were you when you first put on a pair of skates and started skating? That's that's actually an interesting story. So I didn't start playing hockey until my stepdad, uh, Kevin King, came into my life. I played every sport growing up, you know, football and uh, baseball. Didn't put on a pair of hockey skates until I was about... But ten years old. Wow. Yeah, ten years old. Put on some hockey skates. Took a took a few lessons from. Uh, it, it's her name is uh, is slipping me right now, but she used to work out of Tamil Shanner. The Monica Jablonski. Yeah. Yep, I I took lessons with her. That was my first uh, interaction really with with skating. So I did a, a a little bit of lessons with her, and then went straight into. A house program and got bumped up to an all-star program and then started playing from then on out. So when you first started, I mean, how was, after you took those skating lessons, uh, how well did you adapt to the game? Were you able to, uh, I mean, did the coaches go, hey, wow. And by the way, who was your, If do you remember your coaches when you first started? Uh, actually, my stepdad was my house coach right away. And then I do not remember the all-star coach's uh, name, but basically kind of how it happened was after those lessons, uh, I, I really couldn't uh, stand up that well, but I was fast. So a lot of the coaches noticed how fast I was and figured that they could help me adapt to the game that way. You know, it didn't matter if I fell down every 30 seconds as long <laughs> as I got uh, a little bit of speed going behind me. Yeah, yeah I understand that. Um Actually, I don't. I was never fast at anything. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, so you get you start doing that through house. Um, so if you didn't start till you basically started right out at what Pee Wee? Um, yeah, somewhere right in there. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. So, uh, I mean, did you have a lot of uh, 
I mean, did you have guys that you knew as a peewee that you saw later on in, in your playing career at all? Or uh, was it uh, mostly just some some of the kids from around the area? No, I, I don't really remember too many of the kids that um, when I first started playing, I don't really remember too many of them uh, playing against them later on. Mm-hmm. I do know that, you know, once I got into the Toledo program before Cherokees, I played with Ryan Sell and Tyler Tillmore and a few of those other guys, and we played, you know, six, seven, eight years together, kind of growing up, which was nice, all the way through Alpena. So those, those were my main, the main uh, uh, players that I was with were those two and then a few others that were kind of from the Toledo area that I got to play with, uh, like Tom Higgins and Zachary Naldoni and things like that. But other than other than those those guys, I really couldn't tell you too many people out of the Toledo area that I really uh, remember from when I first started until later on. Okay, so when you uh, when you were playing, do you remember? Um, I mean, how how long did you play? You know, house leagues. To did you ever make the jump to either travel or high school after after uh, you went through Pee Wee and Bantam? So I, when I did house, it was only it was only one session of house, and then. They bumped me up to All-Star right away. And then after that, I started playing travel. Um, never played never played high school because, like I said, I, I went to Bedford. They actually, at the time, didn't have a full-on varsity team. It was more of a club where people from other schools could actually play on the team if they lived in the area. Mm. Yeah, so uh, I never played high school, but I did. I played on the Bantam teams and midgets uh, and things like that before Cherokee, uh, right out of Toledo. There was a brief stint where I went up to, I played for County Ware, Bell Tire, and Ann Arbor uh, for AAA for a little bit. Oh, wow. That was, yeah. I mean, uh, do, you, do you remember, what do you remember about that time? Uh, long drives. Long drives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> going, going straight from school, uh, especially when we played in County Ware. You know, driving an hour and a half or so just to practice, and then you know, uh, practice, and then drive an hour and a half back. Next thing you know, it's you know, you get home at nine thirty, ten o'clock, and you go straight to bed. Uh, it was very interesting. Now, you were you in? Was that in Plymouth? What's that? Was that in Plymouth? That was in Plymouth at the time. Yes. Ooh, yeah, that's no fun that that drive. Um, now, right, it's um. So, uh, man, and then you said you also played baseball and football. I'm presuming in high school you played football? I did play football in high school, yep. I actually, for the first year of Cherokee, I quit the football team because I didn't know exactly how our coach Varga would kind of allow me to play both at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I didn't play my junior year, but then – I played my senior year of high school for football and played Cherokees at the same time. And it was actually that those turned into very, very long, long days as well. Uh, go straight from straight from high school uh, classes straight out to football practice. We do football practice straight until hockey practice. We do hockey practice 
go work out, and go home, do homework, and go to sleep. And that was my day. Oh, man. It, it had to yeah. take its toll on you, I'm sure, especially uh, with all the traveling you did for Toledo. We'll get into that here in just a few. But uh, I wanted to know also, um, what position did you play in football? I played uh, defensive back, so I played cornerback, and then I also was the field goal kicker and uh, the place kicker. Oh, okay. So uh, now, were you pretty? Were you able to kick the ball pretty well? Pretty, pretty decent. Yeah, I could, I could kick the ball pretty far. Um, I would say I think when I was a sophomore, we had a. I know it was either freshman or sophomore year. We had a game where it was tied going into the final seconds, and I kicked it. was a 37-yarder to win the game. Wow. I believe that that was actually my longest in-game, but during practices I could hit longer. What's the longest you ever hit? Um, When I was in my prime my senior year, I remember one time at practice I hit a 48-yarder, and... I think it probably would have been good from about 50-something because it was a bomb. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> awesome. Wow. Now, uh, so uh, did you ever think maybe, uh, I mean, was it the, do you have, did you have a, a greater passion for hockey or, or football? I mean, what was your favorite sport of the bunch? Hockey was always. When, when I first started, I, I knew I, I fell in love with the game. Um, so it was always going to be the, the first love. So it kind of went my whole – growing up, it was hockey was the whole year round, and then everything else kind of came second. So football, baseball, basketball, whatever the whatever the season was, it was I was playing more or less to be with my friends from school. Because yeah. obviously none of my friends from school really played hockey, so – it was a chance for me to be with them, play the sport, and do that, which was nice. Uh, but hockey was always number one. Okay. Now, um, now, how were you as a basketball player? Did you fare pretty well? or? <laughs> I was a good defensively. That was about it. Uh, basketball was definitely my worst uh, sport that I played. Um, yeah. I would say I was, just, I was a good defensive player. That was about it. Okay. Uh, now, let's see. I mean, uh, when did you, uh, did you give up uh, baseball at all, or did you just play it because it was opposite of hockey? I I played baseball all the way through my sophomore year of high school, and I actually, when I went to nationals with Toledo uh, when I was a sophomore, I believe, Mm-hmm. We were down in Orlando, Florida. No, I'm sorry. We were out in uh, Virginia Beach, and I went knee to knee with a kid and had to have surgery, so I did not play that next year for baseball. And that was kind of just the the nail in the coffin for that. You know, okay, hockey comes first. I don't think I'll really be able to do baseball anyways. But it was fun while it lasted. That's nothing wrong with that. What position did you play? I was either center or left field. Okay. Uh, well, hey, that means you had to have some speed and you have to had to have an arm. So, uh, right. yeah. Now, did you play uh, when you played uh, football? Um, 
did you have a, did you ever have did it affect that do you have any injuries that affected you back then too when I played football I did not have any thank God uh, knock on wood you know I didn't have any injuries that actually affected either sport hockey going into football or football going into hockey which is good because I know both coaches would have been very upset if I did something in hockey and then went in and I couldn't play football or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So it was a good thing that uh, you know nothing actually happened back then when when I was playing both sports at the time. Mm-hmm. Now, so uh, so you finally make the uh, how? Uh, when did you decide that you know what? Uh, I really am enjoying this. I want to play hockey. It's I'm all in for it. Uh, did you get looked at by other teams? Did you, uh, or, or did you have your heart set on uh, TC? So I actually was um, drafted and I had the rights were to Grand Rapids before I was with the Cherokee. Okay. So I actually had to go up to Grand Rapids and skate in their rookie camp and explain to the coach that, hey, I'm a local Toledo boy. I know that, you know, you guys drafted me. You have my rights, but I'd really like to, you know, finish out my schooling in Toledo area and play with the Cherokee, you know, and kind of explain to him that I hope he wasn't uh, too upset about it, which, you know, we had a little bit of a talk, but they eventually released my rights. So it was good that I uh, I didn't have to stay up in Grand Rapids. I got to finish out everything in Toledo, which made things a lot easier for me to say, okay, you know, I kind of want to continue to play hockey and kind of pursue it a little further. I know that people can get scholarships, they can go to college, they can potentially go further than that. And so that's when I kind of started putting a little bit more effort into hockey. Okay. So now you go into Toledo. Uh, tell me what it was like that rookie camp for Toledo when you first walked into the locker room there and what it was like for you. Uh, were you nervous? Were you kind of anxious at all? I actually did not go to rookie camp uh, for Toledo because I had uh, my rights were still for Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. So I, I was not at the rookie camp for Toledo, but I did go to um, their, their couple, their skates before time. And I remember one of the first things I was thinking was, you know, it's a little bit different going from playing against, you know, somebody that's maybe one year older than you to playing against a guy who was turning 21 that year. And I was only 16 years old at the time or 15, one of the two. Uh, So that was, that was a little nerve wracking at the time, but everybody that was on the team, you know, once you got to know them, they were all great guys. And, uh, you know, you can tell from our record that I'm sure we'll talk about later on, you know, that uh, they were good hockey players as well, which has made everything a lot better too. Yeah. Now you, when you played, uh, were I? I, I should ask this earlier, but when you played growing up, were you always a defenseman, or did you play up front at all? I was always a defenseman. I was always an offensive defenseman. So even though I was playing defense, a lot of people when I was growing up probably thought I played forwards because I would skate the puck up a lot or jump in the play a lot. And, Sometimes, you know, me not knowing the game that early uh, when I was young, I would just stay in the zone as a, basically as a forward, and they kind of hurt our team a little bit sometimes. Hmm. Now, uh, 
but hey, you know, everyone needs a Paul coffee. Yeah. But uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, so you, so you, you are uh, on the team in Toledo. Um, who uh, were you put with Ryan Sell right off the get go, or who did you, who else did you play with uh, as far as defensive pairings go? I want to say that I was with Brian Sell for most of the year. We played, you know, since we played together for a couple of years before that growing up, and we were always defensive partners, they kind of just kept us together, mm-hmm. and it, it really worked out. Um, I know that we would switch on and off every once in a while, and, you know, that year, I, I'm trying to think of who, who played defense with us and it's slipping my mind right now well the funny thing that i I always found interesting was the fact that uh neither one of you were the absolute biggest guys on the team on the the blue line you both were you know you know but i mean the thing that i think everyone always liked about you was that you weren't afraid to take chances you played a physical game even though you weren't a, a six foot four 225 pound defenseman you know, you still were, you still went in there and you played like it. And I think that's what people always enjoyed was the fact that you weren't, you weren't afraid. You went in there and you battled guys that were bigger than you. Uh, and you went in there and you did, you did your job. And of course, Sally, he was like five foot, nothing, a hundred and nothing. But, <laughs> but I mean, the, the thing with him too, is that again, he didn't play afraid. He he went into corners and he was uh I'll paraphrase, he was a crap disturber. Well, so were you. <laughs> you both were. And I think that's what made it work. It was just a good it was good chemistry. And you guys were able to uh annoy a lot of, of forwards coming down the ice and it really you aggravated a lot of them and it it turned out to be it was a very successful tandem of now, uh, it, probably the fact that you played with him prior to Toledo uh, with the Cherokee, uh, that would you say that probably made the transition or the jump into juniors much smoother for you as far as playing with someone that you're familiar with? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, playing with someone uh, you know, prior to going into a whole different atmosphere it makes it a lot easier and a lot smoother of a transition to uh, go into that atmosphere when you know you have somebody that you can rely on and trust. And that's, that's exactly what we had. We we knew exactly what, what the other person was going to do. Uh, we almost had that brother, brother-like chemistry. So I knew when he was pinching in that I was back, and he knew when I was pinching in he was back. And we never really even had to communicate on the ice because we kind of just knew exactly where the other person was going to be or what they were going to do which was like you said a very a very easy and smooth transition transition into that higher level of hockey going into juniors okay well now let me ask you you know me speaking of you know the transition what was it like when you first start playing juniors i mean the from uh, terms of speed physicality that whatnot was it and did you have to make any adjustments to your game uh, when you first started playing juniors? Yes, absolutely. The The speed was definitely a little bit of a factor. I mean, we, we would play against AAA teams before we got to juniors, and we, you know, they had a lot of speed. Those guys were going, you know, to the NA, to the USHL. 
Um, and we had to adjust sometimes, but most of the games that we played before, there wasn't as much speed as what there was when we got to Toledo. So when when we got to the Cherokees, you know, Ryan and I both had to kind of adjust our game uh, to not really, I mean, we still took chances, obviously, but we had to kind of pinpoint our chances and when we were going to take, and we couldn't just jump into the play every time we wanted to because we knew somebody would just blow by us or, you know, running into the corners against somebody who's six foot six because we know that, you know, they can easily take the puck away from us and whatever it was. We had to tweak our games just a little bit and then as we started to grow as players throughout our charity career and our junior career, mm-hmm. we could start going back to those things that we used to do because we learned exactly how to kind of play those. We got a little bit bigger, we got a little older, maturity came in, so but yeah, the jump right away we definitely had to adjust our uh, our play set, our play style a little bit. Okay. Now, uh, do you remember anything like your first uh, skirmish, your first fight, uh, your first goal, any of that kind of stuff? Uh, my first goal, I believe, was actually pretty early in the season. And all I really remember from it is a lot of the guys just going, you know, going crazy. And it's, it's kind, of, it was kind of the tradition when somebody would get their first goal, especially if you were winning at the time. You know, everybody would go crazy on the bench, make sure to get the puck, give it to you at the end of the game, kind of shower you with water bottles and things like that just to make you feel a little bit special, which mm-hmm. was great. Uh, but actually, the, if I'm not mistaken, my first fight with Toledo was actually when Ryan Sell, we were playing together in Motor City, and somebody hit him from behind, and he was down on the ice, mm-hmm. and I just went over grabbed the kid as he was getting off the off the ice onto his bench and whipped him back over on the ice and we started going at it. And that's that's kind of what I remember that. You know, you kind of black out during the fight a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then afterwards, you know, you got that same kind of cherish uh, from all of your players, you know, giving you high fives, spraying you with water bottles and things like that for sticking up for somebody else. Wow. Oh, that's I, – I... Man, that's pretty impressive, especially as being a, a young rookie, you know, trying to do that. And But like I said, you've always played fearless, and you've played bigger than your size. So that's uh, it's just a pattern. Now, uh, tell me about some of the guys from that first year that you remember playing with, uh, some of the guys up front or other defensive pairings. Uh, what was it like in that locker room? I, I want to hear some funny things, too, you know what I mean? But what uh, – what do you remember about, you know, being as just part of the group? What what some of the uh, uh, sillier things that you guys did? Yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, actually, Andrew Hafner, um, I he played on our team in Toledo before the Cherokees for a few years, so we, I knew him very, very well. And his older brother Toby actually uh, joined the Cherokees that year, so we had both of those brothers. We had the Higgins brothers. We had Michael and Tommy. Mm-hmm. Which Tommy had been on the Cherokee for a few years already. Michael came in. Um, so we had we had a uh, the kind of, I kind of knew some of the people before being in the locker room, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but the atmosphere inside the locker room was it was just kind of a fun atmosphere. Like I said, we we were a good team. We were winning, so everybody was always kind of happy, jolly. They always wanted to kind of be around each other, which was nice. And the older guys really took the younger guys in, you know. Um, we had a, a player named uh, 
Bujaki was his last name. He was one of the oldest kids in the league. He had his own house up in somewhere in Michigan, and he would drive down to practice every day. Mm-hmm. And he would call me Baby Golf because I was only, what, 15 or 16 when I first started, and he was 21. And he kind of took us all under his wing. You know, he would tell us, you know, kind of everything that what he used to do when he was a rookie and, and to make sure not to make anybody mad so that way, you know, you wouldn't get in trouble, things like that. But like I said, the atmosphere inside the locker room was really just kind of a, a fun, joking atmosphere uh, as long as you were winning, really. You know, and it's, yeah, Dan Bajacki. I remember Jack's real well. He was yep. a he was a kid that he yeah he he worked a full time job if I'm not mistaken, and in addition mm-hmm. to playing hockey, so. and he just I mean he he had a well he had a strong work ethic and he was a pretty decent hockey player too if I remember he had he had good hands, so yeah he was. Um, now, uh, did you guys have to go through any kind of uh, rookie initiation? I small rookie initiation really uh, some little things we we met up with some people and they just kind of did some funny pranks and whatnot you know stuff I'll just I'll keep I'll keep uh, behind the scenes <laughs> but, yeah, it, not, not, nothing too crazy it was just some fun stuff that, that everybody kind of did which was great now uh, do you remember who you roomed with on the road uh, most of the time I was with Cell, and we usually had one other person with us, and uh, a lot of the times they would kind of keep the rookies together, mm-hmm. so we would have, you know, Pillmore would be in our room, or uh, just another rookie at the time would typically would be with us, uh, but yeah, that's, when we were on the road, it was mostly the rookies who kind of stayed together, they'd either put three or four in a room, mm-hmm. and then the veterans would have two to a room so they could so they could each have their own bed. Ah, okay. Now, um, where I mean, did you guys uh, ever go through the the wonderful world of uh, hotel pranks, uh, like uh, leaners or? Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, uh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. We, as as a rookie, you got you got pranked at the hotel almost every. Every trip uh, early in the season, you would get a leaner or somebody would come in and uh, they would take a poop in your bathroom and not flush it and kind of just leave it for your whole room to stink out. Or, oh, you know, something, something just very stupid like that just to let us know, hey, by the way, you guys are still rookies. Don't you forget it, you know? <laughs> That's nice. Um, now, uh, did you ever get your bed tossed? I've never had the bed toss. You know, the the funny thing is, a lot of the times I would actually, I would actually uh, sleep on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mind sleeping on the floor for some reason when I was younger. Uh, now, obviously, I couldn't do it, but back then it, it really wasn't a problem for me. So, uh, but I, I do remember some people getting their rooms kind of just all messed up, and uh, they had to kind of fix it back up before we left. That way, you know, we wouldn't get in trouble. <laughs> Now, uh, of course, uh, the other thing, too, is uh, uh, these guys, especially, you know, you th- I'm thinking here, you know, Higgy and, and some of those guys that are older, um, did they mess with you a lot or not too bad, the older guys? Um, I, like I said, Jack kind of took me under his wing, but he, you know, he'd mess with me, but more or less just kind of joking around, you know, 
he would uh, he would always play pranks on me. But like I said, I knew I knew Higgins before just playing with because I was playing with Michael for so so many years that uh, when I finally got to play with Tommy, you know, he kind of just basically treated me almost like I was already one of his like close buddies. So uh, the pranks and the, the jokes were very were very uh, were very small and they weren't you know hurtful or physical in any way, which is great. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, um, let's see here. What was it when you played back then, who were the guy, the teams that you got your, you got your dander up for the teams that you were real anxious to play. Cause you didn't like them very well. St. Louis, St. Louis and Peoria. Peoria, because they were, they were big. They would always take it and be physical uh, but then St. Louis because, you know, they were just, they were amazing. <laughs> they, their team consisted of, basically, they would take kids from one age group and just grow them in their system the whole entire way, transfer them to juniors, and then ship them off to college. And that was their whole working course system. And they were just, they would pump out, you know, great player after great player after great player. So it was always nice to have to go up against them because you knew it was going to be a battle. And then if you beat them, you kind of got that extra sense of, all right, you know, like, we're the best here, not you guys. Like, So that was always great. Now, did you guys, did you have any success against St. Louis and Peoria when you played? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my first year, we, I want to say that we, we basically went pretty even with both of those teams throughout the year. Mm -hmm. um, then, well, later on in the year, we, we beat Peoria and I believe we beat St. Louis at the at the Robertson Cup. Is, is it the Robertson Cup? I might be getting mixed up. But, yeah, Robertson's uh, uh, NA. That's when that's Alpina. That's, but uh, 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 Herster Cup. Yeah, Herster Cup. So we we beat I believe St. Louis and Peoria in the same weekend to uh, to solidify to go to nationals and. Uh, that was that was very very satisfying. Now, uh, uh, do you remember? Uh, I mean, as far as uh, I'm trying to think, was there was Dubuque in the league when you were there? Dubuque was in the league one year, I believe. We never went and played out in Dubuque. Okay, that. That might have been after you. That might have been the year after you because we had, uh, we had them back around that time. I think it, it may have been the year, the season after you because uh, I was trying to remember whether or not you were part of uh, the brawl against Dubuque. Yeah, at home. Yeah. Yep, I was there. I was there. Now I've heard from various perspectives on previous podcasts. I've heard from. Uh, I, I've heard from Nick Yost, who basically it all started because of his clean hit. Uh, then I, I've heard from J.R. Engelbert from as the goalie, uh, who got charged at by off the faceoff by uh, I think his name was Billy Kruger. Yeah, I believe so. I I remember that he just went straight from the faceoff straight down at J.R. and it kind of just started from there. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, it, there was. He didn't hide the fact that he was going, and his express purpose was to take out Jr. 
absolutely. And so now from your perspective, tell me what you saw and what you did. Yeah, being a young kid on the ice, you know, that was uh, that was a very interesting time. I, I saw the kid just skate straight at JR. Um, they kind of did their thing. Everybody else started kind of dropping their gloves or grabbing somebody. And it, it, like I say, that, it, it's very interesting as a young kid. Everything kind of happens so fast when you're really not used to fighting. Uh, so I remember just kind of having my, my helmet off, my gloves off, and I was just next to a guy for a little bit. Disciple was tussling with a guy. JR had a guy. A couple other people were kind of just either fighting or kind of, you know, going back and forth with somebody. But it was a, uh, it was, it was very interesting. I've never seen a fight start with somebody just skating full speed at a goalie. Yeah. And, and if you knew JR, JR was, you know, he was a tall, he was a tall person. He could handle himself. And he, he did that very easily with that, with, uh, uh, crazy too, so. Yeah, I mean, he 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 could he had a right hook that could drop you in no time. I remember that. Uh, Absolutely. You know, and it's funny. You know, the other guy. You know, I've mentioned this before, but the other guy that you know, quiet kid, well mannered, one of the nicest guys you will ever meet in your life, Austin Seipel. And yep. oh my God, when I saw him uh, throw the mitts. With, uh, I mean, he had like two Thunderbirds on him. Two Dubuque guys were, were grabbing him and, and trying to fight him. And JR, that's when JR jumped in. And, I mean, they absolutely just destroyed those guys. I mean, Sipes could, he, he had a right hand like nobody's business. And it's like, yee, you know, I would not want to, I would not want to go up against him because he absolutely, his knuckles, ooh, he hurt people. Uh, right. And so, and then Jr. Like I said, that was a revelation to me. You know, Jr. Could, I mean, he could handle his own business, no problem. And uh, now, now, um, did you end up squaring off with anyone, or did you uh, try to just keep uh, holding guys back from jumping in on other guys? Yeah, I was kind of just uh, at bay with another guy. I didn't we didn't end up actually squaring off and throwing any punches? It's- I think we were kind of in the same uh, in the same boat as you know we were just both kind of like what is going on and then yeah we kind of just kept together make sure that the other one did not jump in you know double team somebody else and plus that you didn't want to get thrown out and suspended because you know third man in well, type stuff everybody on the ice did anyways yeah that's true. <laughs> That's true. I, I'm forgetting the call because we played the next day, and they're like, "Oh yeah, by the way, Gulch, you can't play either." And I was like, "Really?" Like, yep, everybody on the ice since they had their helmets off. And I was like, "Okay, well." How many? How, uh, how big of a suspension was it? Just one game, or? Yeah, most of us just got one game. I think, I think Jr. got two. I think two people got multiple games, but uh, the other three were just one. Yeah, I know that that Billy Kruger kid got thrown out of the league. Uh, he got suspended for the rest of the season, and then I think he was uh, he was like to seek his ability to play hockey elsewhere because he wasn't welcomed in the CSHL. But uh, now, I mean, I mean that's a heck of a you know way to. Now was that that your first year or second year? That was my first year, I believe. Wow. So. It's like, hello, this is junior hockey. 
Okay. Um, yeah. But exactly. uh, so, I mean, what? Uh, how did it? How did uh, your, your your stepdad Kevin and your mom handle it? I mean, I know you know your family. I've known them for a long time, but I mean, back then, you know, it was still you know, hey, welcome to Toledo, uh, even though they're <laughs> locals, you know. And it's like, but did, I mean, the with the grind, high school trying to play multiple sports, uh, all of that stuff, you know, from when you were younger to then, uh, did, what, was there wear and tear on them or were they really excited about you being there? There was definitely a wear and tear. I mean, there was a wear and tear on everybody, my three sisters as well. Um, but a lot of the times they would, they would definitely try to make every game if they could. Um, but if they couldn't, typically one of them would be there while the other one was with maybe my little sisters or, you know, with my older sister doing her thing. Uh, but like I said, most of the time they always tried to be there and, uh, and support us, which was nice. You know, They both kind of fell in love with hockey when, when I started playing too, uh, especially just being in the atmosphere. They loved the, uh, the parents of the other players that I was with. So uh, the, the cells, you know, God rest Gloria. Um, yep. That uh, you know they they fell in love with that family as well, so they were always great friends with the Cells and the Higgins and all that. And we would always go out to eat after the games, and all the parents would be together, all the kids would be together. So it really worked out well, kind of for for all of us. But yes, it was definitely uh, a toll on on all of them. So it was great when I got my license and could actually drive to practice and do all that stuff by myself, and they just had to worry about the games. Yeah. There you go. Now, uh, I mean, and I remember your little sister. She was a sweetheart. I, I absolutely love that little kid. And uh, you were, and not to blow sunshine here, okay, but you were a great brother to her. You know, I remember that very well. You really, you paid attention to her. Uh, you, you know, she was just, I mean, she just enjoyed everything. And and I remember how close you were with her and everything back then. And uh it just, I can remember even after after your career in Toledo, when I'd run across you in a store somewhere, I did that a couple of yeah. times, and I saw her in you, and it's like, you, like I said, you were just just a really, you were a really good brother, and uh, that told me a lot about you as a human being, so number one. Number two, uh, it, it, that's how, you know, hockey is grown, is when, when you get... Uh, people that don't necessarily play it, but when they, you know, when they get to be around it, it's just infectious. You can't help it. You just love the game and you want to be part of the game and all of those things that uh, it allows, I mean, stuff like that. I mean, and even during the grind, you know, with all the drives, of, you know, and everything, just being in the, in the car or anything like that, that also gives, um, gives you a chance to do a little bit of binding, you know, whether it's, you know, with your sister or, or, you know, just talking to your, your folks or anything like that, uh, you know, so, I mean, now, uh, did you, was it mostly your, your uh, stepdad, or was it your mom that drove you? Um, it really depended on what day it was, because <laughs> my mom, she would work uh, nights in the hospital, mm-hmm. um, she also, at a time, she was going to school, so if if she had time and she could do it, you know, a day off or something, she would definitely drive me. Sure. But I would say that there was a lot of times that Kevin would 
uh, he would drive me down to practice or up to practice wherever it was. But yeah, if, if my mom could do it, she was definitely she was definitely taking the trip uh, the trip up or wherever it was. Well, considering he was one of your first coaches, uh, did you ever pick his brain and stuff about uh, what to do as a player later on? <laughs> You know, when I when I was that young, I just kind of listened to him. He he was so he was the coach, and if I'm not mistaken, he was the coach because uh, there was enough players to kind of have another team, and all the other coaches at the time uh, were just parents, and they had no clue about hockey or anything in general, about sports really in general. So he was like, okay. We're not going to go this way. He said, I'm just going to pick my players. I'll make sure you're on the team, and then, you know, we'll go from there. So he wasn't necessarily a hockey, uh, you know, mindset, but he knew sports, and he knew how to be competitive and things like that. So I think I was more or less just kind of listening to him at the time, and then when I got older, as I was growing up, you know, he would tell me things when I got off the ice, like, hey, make sure you start doing this this, this, and this, um, and then when I got into, you know, midgets and maybe even juniors, then I think my hockey IQ kind of passed his, mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't want to say I stopped listening to him, but, uh, you know, it was a little bit different, because so, he never, he never actually played um, competitively growing up, he played in some, like, men's leagues and things like that. Okay. Well, I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, and let's put it this way. You're supposed to be listening to your coaches anyway, which is your current right, coach. Exactly. So, and speaking of which, tell me what it was like when you played for Chris Varga. And I believe that was when Tarsha was there too, right? Yes, yes. So uh, we'll start with Tarsha because uh, Tarsha coached me and Ryan Sell and Fillmore and all those guys before actually as well. Uh, he was our coach growing up. Um, in Toledo, and so I, we knew Tarsha before, we knew his coaching structure, we knew how he would be as a person and as a coach, which was great, so we knew exactly what to kind of expect. Now, with uh, Tarsha, there was uh, Varga, it was a little bit different, because I never had that intense of a coach going up to that point yet, mm-hmm. uh, so it was a little bit of a learning curve, uh, you know, what to do, when to do it, what not to do, you know, things like that, uh, when to shut your mouth. When to, when to open your mouth and talk. and uh, But, you know, he knew the game. Uh, he played for a long time. He, so he knew exactly what you needed to do and what you didn't need to do. So, you know, if there was a time where, you know, he was talking to you about a certain play or a certain position or whatever it was, you know, you made sure to listen and to uh, uh, basically take that in and then go out and do it on the next play. And mostly so you didn't get yelled at again. <laughs> I was going to say that's the key right there. Uh, now, um I mean, uh, did they? Did either one of them in particular give you a hard time, or did they pretty much uh, say, you know, hey, just they they were instructional, but they kind of let you go? Well, I, they both. I mean, they like I said, Vargo was a very intense coach, so you know, he would get everybody a hard time, um, especially the younger guys, the guys rookies, the first year people. You know, we weren't used to the level of play that we kind of went into when we went to juniors. So, you know, he'd get on our backs when we'd make um, dumb decisions, you know, decisions that would work in midgets or bantams but didn't work in juniors. Mm -hmm. So he'd get on us a little bit, and, you know, he was a little tough. But, 
first, like I said, with, with knowing him before, he really kind of gave it to us. Uh, you know, he, he gave us more of a hard time than anybody else because he coached us before. So he always expected more from us no matter what, even if it was, you know, the best we, we've done or the worst we've done. He always expected us to be better and would always give us a hard time no matter what. Okay. So now you play – that was your first season. Tell me about yep. year two. Uh, obviously, a few new faces in there. Uh, did you see your role on the team change at all? Uh, more responsibility. Uh, definitely, you know, you had to kind of bring in the new guys. Uh, your responsibility on the ice kind of jumped up. I know that Sal and I, you know, we, we earned our spot pretty quickly on the Cherokee by, you know, playing really well and playing really well together. Um, but, you know, so our responsibility kind of jumped pretty quickly when we started in our first year. However, in our second year, I know that, you know, we were the the two D that kind of were looked up to, if you will, uh, you know, for advice or, or you know, looked up what, what, you know, what should I do in this situation or kind of just watching us to make sure that they do what we were doing. And so, you know, you, you had to make sure that uh, you were doing things correctly. You weren't kind of, you know, joking around in practice and, and doing all that. Now, do you remember uh, any of the new new guys that came in in that second year? Oh. Whether they be defense or 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 up front. What's that? Whether it be defense or up front. You know, I I honestly I I cannot. I it's you know with all the with all the years of playing juniors in college and. All, all the players that I've went through with different tournaments and things, you know, the Cherokee kind of blend together as, you know, one year almost. And mm-hmm. when I was up in Alpena for those two years, those kind of blend together as one year with uh, with the different players that I played with. Okay. So uh, that second year, uh, I'm trying to remember, did you guys make it uh, to the playoffs that year to Nationals? year we did not make it to nationals no okay. the first year was the year that we they made it all the way to the finals and then lost in the last what minute of the game yep that was to st yep. louis right that was to st louis yep and it happened on a fluke play uh, i remember it pretty 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 well i think at least uh the puck was kind of halfway dumped in we had somebody i believe it was toby hafner or somebody coming back to pick up the puck, but Jr. actually stepped out of the net to go pass the puck up to somebody else, and they kind of had a, all right, are you going to grab it? Am I going to grab it type of thing? And the St. Louis guy, and I think it puck hit off his shin pad because it was kind of, I have to hit it really quick, and he got it and put it in the, in the empty net. So that was, a, that was a dagger to lose on that kind of, on that kind of goal, but. You know, it was, it was a good time. It was a good learning experience. You know, the thing I remember was um, <clears throat> that the year before, and that was your, you weren't there, but the year before uh, we were at Nationals in Minnesota, and uh, it was ugly. The, the game we got eliminated in, there were uh, fights all over the place. Uh, the goalies got into a fight against uh, and all that. And, I mean, oh, wow. Yeah, the president of USA Hockey came out onto the ice to stop the game. It was, oh, really? Yes, it was bad. 
and uh, matter of fact, uh, uh, coach got it had to go into an emergency meeting the next morning, uh, basically to save our bacon because they, uh, I think they were looking at suspending the team and whatever. They were just so like upset. Well, it was I remember the thing I remember though was when the next year when you were there. I remember where's that was like in suburban Philadelphia, wasn't it? And the thing I remember is president of USA hockey coming out on the ice after the game to present the awards and the banners and all that stuff. He said, uh, you know, you guys lost your respect, blah, blah, blah. Last year, this year, you guys got it back. And, you know, so everyone's giving the, you know, yay. And I'm just sitting there going, shut up. We just lost, you know, I, I was just like so bummed. I probably wasn't paying attention to that. I probably had tears in my eyes thinking of, you know, man, I had the ring already picked out and everything. Yeah, I understand that. So, uh, but, um, that, but still, there was, I mean, there were a lot of good times back then. And, you know, I, I just know that, uh, especially with the passage of time, the memories, they become, you know, you don't think about the, uh, the stuff that angers you so much as you do the, the, uh, the stuff that, you know, that, you loved, you know, the, the camaraderie, right. the fun, the, the silly, the silly stuff. Um, I just remember. You know, what, you know what the worst part about the, the loss at Nationals was, was on the way, on the way back. We, it was supposed to be what, like a 15 hour drive or 13 hour, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Well, on the way back, about a couple hours in, we had tire issues. And we had to sit there and wait for somebody to come change our tire. Oh, no. For, for three or four hours. Oh, okay? man. We finally we finally get the tire on, and we're ready to go. We get out going a little bit more, and a blizzard out of nowhere in whatever it was, April or May, whatever Nationals is, we just had a blizzard on the way home. So we had to stop on the side of the road and wait another three or four hours. When I said we didn't get back until the next day, it was like a 20, 20 plus hour trip. Oh my gosh. So not only did we just lose on a fluke goal to lose the national championship, we had to go through that whole ordeal with the bus and then the blizzard. And yeah, we didn't get home until the next, the next day, about 20 or 20 so hours later. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah, was... Cause I didn't ride the bus. <clears throat> I drove. <laughs> And I didn't, yeah. when, when I drove, when I drove home, I drove home, uh, the next day I left the next day and I, I took a different route. I didn't go through the Pennsylvania turnpike and everything else straight through. I decided to take a, a, a redirect. I went down South towards Pittsburgh, uh, ended up going through West Virginia and Kentucky. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like, I had no I, I, when I went through West Virginia, I took one look and I'm like, well, now I know why I don't drive through West Virginia. But, um, yeah. you know, so uh, I just uh, blew through that really quick. And then, uh, you know, I eventually I got home and stuff. But I mean, still, it was like I just took a totally different route and I missed all of that stuff. And yeah. oh, my gosh. Still probably be home. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> probably. OK, so you played in Toledo. <clears throat> How did you end up in Alpena? Did uh, did they recruit you? Did they draft you? Uh, they they tendered me, so they they claimed my rights basically. 
what it was was Kenny Miller was the coach, um, and if you know anything about the Ice House, Sap uh, was owner of the Ice House. Oh yeah. Kenny Miller was his son, so mm-hmm. uh, they, you know, he was always down in Toledo, obviously scouting and watching people. But he he knew most of us from you know just being in the Toledo area, kind of seeing us play before. So he had his eyes on a few players. So Pillmore, Sell and myself all went up to Alpena uh, that year after. So tell me what it was like playing up there because that is, that's a totally different uh, uh, environment to play in because, number one, you're the only game in town. Number two, yeah. I mean, there's really not, uh, unless you like going out on the lake, there's really not a whole lot else to do. No, yeah, so I'll start with that because that was the most depressing part. Um, being up in Alpena during the winter time. Uh, if if you didn't have a good group of guys to hang out with, you were you were not going to have a good time there. Uh, it, you didn't see the sun for you know six months at a time, and there was always you know a foot to three feet of snow on the ground. So that was that was pretty depressing. So your 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 most exciting time was when you went to practice or went to work out, and you got to be with the guys and do all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say the summer times there though, one of the most beautiful. Alpena, Traverse City, you know, you get on the lake, the summers up there are great. But winter's totally opposite. Um, but, yeah, the, when you get out there, my first game, I remember, we had a packed, packed house, um, 2,000 or whatever plus people. Then you're going from playing in the Cherokee where you basically have your parents and some friends and, you know, maybe a few other people to 2,000 plus people that, are, are there because, you know, that's the only thing going on in their town right now. And, you know, they're, they're going crazy. They served beer there, so they got a little intense. Uh, you know, so when you first skate out there, and you kind of look around and you're like, wow, this is pretty crazy. And then when your team scores that first goal or you have that first fight and everybody erupts, that's when it really hits you. You're like, okay. Um, my heart's kind of going now. Now I'm kind of pumped up. Like, all right, let's go. Oh, man. So, uh, I mean, and plus, uh, you guys are treated like rock stars up there, I'm sure. Uh, was it kind of weird getting asked for your autograph? <laughs> it was at first, uh, but we did that so much up there. Uh, for the first probably couple weeks, it was a little weird, um, you know, because I never really thought my autograph to be, to mean anything to anybody but. Uh, we kind of saw a lot of like the little kids and stuff, and they just wanted to play hockey and be, you know, an ice digger when they grew up. So it kind of it, it was heartwarming, really. Uh, but after a few after a few weeks, you got used to it. Not that you were like, okay, these people need my autograph, but it wasn't it wasn't weird anymore. People asking for your autograph, you kind of just did it, and then you know you take a picture or smile or something, and you just have a conversation with them. So. My goodness. So you were up there two years. Uh, what was the team like up there? Was uh, were you guys uh, successful at all on the ice? Uh, was there struggles? I mean, what was it like up there? We were we were just my first year. We were kind of just above five hundred. Uh, like I said, Kenny Miller was our coach. Um, we had we had a decent team. We just we needed you know maybe one or two more players to kind of really push us through. Uh, so 
I think we are maybe one or two games above 500, maybe a little bit more. I'm not sure exactly, but we played USA in our first in our in our playoff series, mm-hmm. and you know, playing USA, you're not going to uh, do very well later in the season because all those kids have now played NCAA D1 teams. They've gone overseas and played professional uh, kids or players in Russia and. Poland and Sweden and things like that. So these these guys have played, you know, better hockey than I'll ever play before they played our uh, playoff game. So it was, it was an experience playing playing USA early in the season to late in the season. I will say that. My goodness. So, uh, but yeah, and also those bus rides had to be pretty grueling, huh? Yeah. I mean, the biggest one was we didn't really like going up to um, play Marquette. I don't know why. It wasn't really that far, but just for some reason going up there. But, yeah, the, the bus rides, I mean, you had fun on the bus rides because you, you were with the guys. But, yeah, it, it was nice. Uh, definitely play at home a lot, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, but I'm just mean from terms of, uh, I think what Traverse City might have been the closest bus ride you had. Yeah, three three and a half hours or so across the state. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't too bad. I think we did what eight, six or eight to Marquette, and then going down to USA was like four. Um, we had Mahoning Valley, that was a long one, and then we had. Uh, did we have St. Louis our first year? I believe so. Ooh. We had the big our first year. Yikes. So, anyway, so you um, that you played. Um, did you uh, – do you remember your defense partner back up in the Alpena? Was it still the same? Uh, I played with Sel a lot up in Alpena, yeah. I played with Sel a lot, and then there was um, a kid actually from Finley, the Toledo area, Jared Hartman. Mm-hmm. I played with him. Uh, a few times, or actually a good amount of games, uh, but I didn't really play with anybody that was, you know, a, a massive six foot five defenseman or anything like that. Which, you know, probably would have been nice because I would have, you know, relied on them to be back and I could just go forward and skate around all the time. But no, we playing with Sal and Hartman, like I said before, we kind of had that chemistry, so we knew exactly what was going on. Okay. So you played two seasons in Alpena. Uh, did you think you were going to be done at that point, or did you uh, were you looking at where you could play collegiately? I was looking where I could play collegiately. I had I was being looked at by a few different um, a few different D one schools at the time. Uh, some were mostly smaller. Uh, our RIT uh, American. Institute, uh, so AIC, and uh, you know I had I had talked to people from BG and things like that, and that was mostly because I was around the area. But uh, it was nice to be able to talk to those kind of those kind of uh, coaches and those teams and things like that. But my my second season, our team didn't do as well as we wanted to. So kind of everybody really wasn't playing the best hockey. Um, you know, it, it kind of it kind of really hurt everybody in the long run with talking to different schools and things like that because a lot of schools will come out when you're when you're winning, but when you're losing, 
they'll tend to stay away from you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That's, so, a, that's understandable. So, now, <clears throat> where did you end up going? I actually first went to Utica College out in New York. Mm-hmm. And it just... <laughs> it just was not the, uh, the right fit. Everything there kind of just wasn't uh, what I was really looking for. Uh, so I came back home. I actually took a year off of hockey and everything in general. But I was just working full-time. Kind of was just ready to start the real world, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, out of nowhere, Gilmore, he went to... Tyler Gilmore went to Ohio University. He was there the year before I got there. He had uh, their coach at the time, Dan Morris, give me a call. And out of the, out of the blue, he just said, hey, I'm with your buddy. He's here. He loves it. You know, you should come down, check out the school, play a little hockey, you know, while you're here. And I, I kept telling him, no, no, I'm not going to leave. I'm good. I'll be okay, blah, blah. And he finally, after... I don't know, probably 20 times of calling me and, you know, offering me different things, uh, sticks, and, you know, just kind of having, like, hey, we got all this stuff, we got all this stuff, we have all this stuff, you got this. It kind of just, everything kind of came together, and I was like, you know what, this does kind of sound like a very nice place to go to. So I ended up enrolling at LU. I got in, uh, like, I want to say a week before school started, drove down there with my mom, got my stuff into the dorm. I actually had to stay with Tillmore in his, in his dorm for the first couple nights until mine was ready. And then history was, you know, after that, just that I was at OU for a couple of years, played hockey. Uh, I had a great time, met a bunch of great people, got my degree. That was it. Oh, so uh, what was your degree in? Health Service Administration. So the business side of healthcare. Okay. Well, that has apparently served you well in life, I would think. Um, now, uh, when you finished at OU, that last time you took off your skates, did you sit there and go, wow, this is it? Yes and no. Um, at the time, I was talking to a few different teams uh, in the SP and then uh, – I had a interest from the ECHL, uh, very slight interest, but it was, you know, it was something where it was like, okay, this might not be over yet. But after, I'd say probably about a month after the season was over, mm-hmm. I kind of realized that, you know, hey, I don't think this is the lifelong goal of Jonathan Gulch. I don't think it's going to be something that's going to provide for myself or you know, for the future for me. So I think about a month after was kind of the time where I really, really sat down and was like, okay, you know, that was my last game, you know, competitively, and I'll ever play. Wow. And did, now, did you, like, were you bummed at all, or were you like, okay, let's get on with real life? I was bummed. Uh, definitely was bummed for a little bit, you know. But I think more or less, not not for the fact that I was bummed because I wasn't going to make it to the NHL. I think it was more or less I was bummed because I wasn't going to be able to put out another Bobcat uniform or another uniform to play uh, collegiately or just, you know, to play with those set of guys again. Uh, you know, we had a really great group of guys at OU. And to not 
put on a jersey with them and not sit in the locker room with them and joke around and go out there and compete and, you know, play hard. That was what really bumped me out. Hmm. Okay. But, again, you got your degree. You're able to proceed on with uh, real life. Um, and now, uh, are you, now you're in Ohio, but you're down, I think, closer to Columbus, aren't you? I was, I was in Columbus for a little over three years. I am now in Akron, Ohio. Okay. So, um, I had a job out this way. Um, actually, I took another job, which is great. I, so I can work from home. So I can actually move wherever, um, thinking about kind of going back to Toledo or back to Columbus. I loved Columbus, but I have family in Toledo, obviously. And with having a four-year-old daughter, it, it would be nice to have that reliability. You know, if I need to do something, my family could watch over my, my daughter. But like I said, I really did love Columbus. It was a great town, so I don't know yet. Still okay. debating. That's all right. Nothing wrong with that. Um, so now... Before we wind her up here, just a couple more things. Number one, uh, the Jonathan Gulch of today. Is there any advice that you could see yourself giving to seventeen-year-old um, JC? <laughs> yeah, first thing would be, you know, when you're in high school, study, 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 study. That was that was the biggest. Uh, biggest thing that I really didn't do that I think would have helped out with scholarships and whatnot, even not for athletic, but academic, um, you know, because diplomas and edu college ed education is not cheap. I'm still, still paying on it to this day. So that would be definitely one thing I'd say study, but also, you know, never give up. Um, there will always be sad times. There will always be times where you're down. But the, the road always gets better. Just keep going. Yep. It's always good to see how it turns out. Um, so, and now the other thing is, uh, what would you like to say to Cherokee Nation? Because uh, we've got uh, alumni up the wazoo that listen to this, whether it be players, coaches, uh, you know, fans, little kids, the whole nine yards. We, you know, folks that tune into this, uh, always grateful for that. And, but what would you want to say to them uh, about your time in Toledo? Yeah, to, to the players, I would say cherish, cherish the time you have with the, the players and the people around you. Because no matter how young you are, how old you are, uh, you need to have a good time. You need to enjoy the time that you're with uh, those players and those individuals because it does eventually come to an end. Um, you know, as, as hard as you want, you know, it is to accept that it does come to an end. You'll want to enjoy, and like you said, Nick, you'll want to look back on the good times. But the more good times you have, the more good times you'll be able to look back at and joke around with later on in life. Now, to the, to the coaches, I would say, you know, to my coaches, I would say thank you. Um, and that's, that's the Cherokee coaches, that's the all coaches that I've had because you've, you've definitely helped mold me into a certain person that I am today. And I know that a lot of the players that uh, all of my coaches have coached, a lot of those players would say the same thing. 
know, you guys instilled a lot of character and a lot of things that are in us that, you know, we may not have had uh, if we didn't meet you guys. Now, the fans. The fans, I'd say, you know, thank you for everything. Uh, you know, the, the skate arounds. You know, I got to meet a lot of great people skating around, watching the games, kind of doing all those things. Uh, you know, and that's what, that's really the reason that, uh, you know, we kind of, we kind of do it. You know, we, we love the game, but we also love to see the smile on other people's faces when we do play. So to go out there and meet the people that actually watch us and support us, it, it means the world. Amen to that. Well, uh, I, we, we, we knocked it out. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yep. Very easy. I liked it. Yeah. That's, it's like I said, I didn't, uh, I told you, because you, you weren't sure what to expect. And I'm like, eh, just a conversation. And that's, right, that's right. pretty much it. Nothing to it. No, nothing, <laughs> nothing to it. Man, 63 of these things later, yeah, you kind of get, you kind of figure it out. <laughs> but anyway, hey, you know what? I appreciate you doing this. Uh, and uh, like I said, when if we ever return to some semblance of normalcy, we're going to have a reunion and we're going to get together and, uh, even if we just go sit in the stands and watch a Cherokee game and have a couple pops and laugh and tell stories, uh, that's that's right, what I want absolutely. us to do. So that would be a great. Time. I, would, I would love that. Yeah. So that's uh, that's on the that's on the docket here for uh, for the uh, hopefully near future. So, but I tell you what, my friend, I do appreciate this. Uh, always have thought the world of you. Continue to do so, and uh, I wish you the best of luck in all your future endeavors. And uh, Hey, go TC. Thanks, buddy. No, thank you. And I appreciate, you know, you reaching out to me for this. And thanks for kind of keeping all this together. And, you know, you get to, even if we don't get to see everybody, you know, uh, we'll be able to listen to everybody kind of talk about the stories that we used to have. So thank you. Mm -hmm, you bet. Well, that's going to do it. Episode 63 is in the books. Big thanks to Mr. Jonathan J.C. Gulch here uh, as uh, number 15 in the program. Number one in your hearts, as we appreciate him coming on board here and uh, talking to us about his time in a Toledo Cherokee uniform. I am Mick. Uh, don't forget, subscribe to whatever platform you use to consume your podcasts uh, and put in Cherokee Rewind and subscribe. That way, every time a new one drops, it will go ahead and let you know. So for uh, JC, I am Mick. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again next time on the Cherokee Rewind.